Welcome to the Garbage Fire Podcast, aka MFKS Radio on the airwaves dial at 487.52. Your pod is hosted by Kelsey and Megan, who are kind of not ready to go back to work. The Garbage Fire Pod is all about being unironically <laughs> passionate to the point that you would dive into the dumpster <laughs> for the things that you love. Happy New Year! <laughs> Happy New Year! <laughs> It's been a while. It has been a while. Did we? We did. We did record after we saw Star Wars, and that's the last one that we did, right? Correct. Okay. That was on December seventeenth. Right. Okay. So it's been a bit. It's been like three weeks. Yeah. And we haven't seen each other since then either. No, we haven't. Almost like one of us is traveling again, but not really. Not really. Um, I was only gone for like five days. And I just like went to my parents and stayed there and didn't leave because it was cold. Yeah, it was fucking cold. Oh my god. Was it ever? But it's not cold anymore. Nope. No, it rained yesterday. That was fun. Yeah. It was not fun. It was funny for me because my husband is still biking everywhere. And he biked to the gym with his bike that's got the fat winter tires on it. Yeah. He's like, I turned the corner and I just. <laughs> 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 He's like. He told me last night, it was if gravity had reversed, <laughs> and I had no control over my body. <laughs> so I'm enjoying those stories. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Um, okay. So what do you want to talk about? Uh, let's talk about sports. Let's get it out of the way on this non-sports sports cast. Okay, so uh, we got a couple, I want to have a couple sports things to talk about. Yes. First of all, the Oilers are terrible. They super are. Um... And the only joy I'm deriving from it is now writing pregames for the Oilers rig and hand-drawing the featured image on the notes app on my phone. And every one that you do, just start putting Edith Arby's at the bottom. I probably should in the... Well, yeah, I should, hey. Yeah. Because it's the same tone. It really is. Um, I made a really great Jamie Ben joke yesterday. <laughs> like, it was, it was really good. It was really... You've had a lot of good... Jamie Ben material because not only did the Oilers play them, the Devils played them That's like true. two days before. Yeah, it was yeah just wealth of opportunity. It was wealth, and it was good because the joke I made yesterday in the pregame—it's Sunday, by the way—was um, that Jamie Ben was gonna buck tradition and score from his knees. Um, and then at the end, when I wrote the postgame, I said something about how Jamie Ben didn't score from his knees or his back, but he scored a goal. And so we left the ring satisfied, is what I'm saying. <laughs> Nobody else did. Nope. But Jamie Ben. But Jamie Ben sure did. It's all about Jamie Ben. I mean, yeah. <laughs> what I think is really funny, um, when he did score, I wasn't actually watching, but I did say, I'm not watching, but someone please tell me he was on his knees. And Melissa re- <laughs> replied to me and was like, this can't be about Jamie Ben. And I'm like, but it is. <laughs> Let me tell you It why. always is. <laughs> The first guess should be, is this about Jamie Ben? Yes. Because <laughs> there's a very good chance that it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, Coming yeah. from you. Yeah, the Oilers are just real bad. And it's, it's like, it's kind of, di- I'm like watching it now, like the way one watches a car crash. Yeah. To sort of figure out how it happened. Although. We know how it happened. We know exactly how it happened. And it's really funny to see Twitter in the last week just be like, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I made a joke yesterday on Twitter, which, of course, didn't go over well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> as they never do, apparently. 
um, about how I wanted apologies from everybody who told me to get over it. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I did not get the reception I was hoping for. Mm. The the people within the circle that I was talking directly to, yeah. they all appreciated it and kind of laughed at it. Yeah. Um, and then Alex, who writes for us, he was like, yeah, he's like, make sure deals with a lot of shit. And I was like, yo, buddy, I can't pay you, so you don't have to say nice things. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to be able to, but... Um, but it was just, yeah, it was just really funny. It's like sort of all of these people who... Um, who I talk to pretty regularly, who for the last, like, two years have been like, yeah, they're not good enough. They're mm. not good enough. They're not good enough. And even last year, while they were winning, like, mm, yeah, mm-hmm, not good enough. And then yesterday, finally, like, Jim Matheson and Mark Spector and those guys were like, I don't think the others are good enough. And I'm like, really? Yeah. Is this the kind of money that, like, Rogers is paying? Is this the kind of insight that Sportsnet pays for, Mark? Come on. Yeah. I could have fucking seen that. Oh, wait, I did see it. I did see it. Yeah, it's really disappointing. It's disappointing to be correct. It is. No, none of us wanted to actually fucking be right about this. No. That's but it the was thing. like that gut nagging, like, Ugh, I don't know. Yeah. And then in the end, you're like, ugh. Right? Hashtag believe women. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes, always. Um, but like, it's, it's sort of like when, it's like when you go to Taco Bell Okay. Right, and here you we know, go. You know it's a bad. It's just a here we go now. Bad decision. Like you know, in your heart, and at the time while you're eating the Taco Bell, yeah, it just you're, feels you're good. You those fries supreme, and you're like, yes. And then you really think, stop, and think about like the liquid meat that's on top of the fries supreme, and you're like, and the liquid meat that's coming out of you, and you're, <laughs> well, no, because that's not <laughs> hasn't happened yet. But later in the day, yeah. when it's just like all coming back, and you're like. Oh, I shouldn't have. I knew I shouldn't have eaten the Taco Bell. Yeah. But I ate the Taco Bell. Mm-hmm. And I think now it's interesting to me to see, like, on the Twitter, people who were like, "No, I just need to see the unannounced product." And then, of course, they won the first game of the season against Calgary in like pretty decisive fashion. And then they lost to the fucking Canucks. Yeah. And I was like, "Oh, that's how this is gonna be, huh?" And then they like curb stomped Vegas. Yeah. Eight to two, but also lost to the St. Louis Blues, eight to two. And I was like, "Oh." This is the kind of season we're going to have. So, as it stands today, today is the 7th of January. Mm-hmm. The Oilers have won 18 games out of 42. And if they want to hit that 95-point threshold, <laughs> which will get them into the playoffs, they're going to have to win in regulation. This is the important part. In regulation, 28 games. Of the next 42. Of 40. Of 40. And they're not going to do that. I don't even think they can win one of the next two, never mind 20. Who do they play next? Uh, well, they play Chicago today. And then I don't know. It doesn't matter who they play. Teams that are better than them. Yep. Oh, well. <laughs> yep. We yeah, got yeah, they play Blackhawks Nash- and Nashville. the Preds. And then <laughs> and the Coyotes. <laughs> so the Coyotes are going to end up... See, what's going to happen then on thir- Friday when they play the Coyotes? Uh, the Coyotes are going to end up winning. And then the Oilers are going to go to Vegas. Right after that game that they lose in Arizona. And then they have a week off. And then they have their after week off the game after Vegas. Vegas. Oh, they're just going to get fucking loaded they in should. Vegas. And I mean, they should. Maybe it'll help their play. Who knows? And then they come back to play the Canucks. I think any time away from Edmonton for anyone on that team is good time. I think so, too. I also wouldn't be surprised if they made a trade on this road trip. You think so? Mm-hmm. Just get it out of the way. And then... <laughs> 
You know what kills me is I'm starting starting to see on Twitter. I don't know who started this, but people aren't referring to Chris Russell as Chris Russell. They're referring to him as 4x4. Four four. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they refer to oh. Ryan Strom as cap space. Oh. Because um, we traded Everly for Ryan Strom and cap space. Okay, now that joke makes so sense. So the capital, me. yeah, the, the possessor or like the personal pronoun there or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Love that. Yeah. Um. I made a comment the other day about why Chris Russell defaulted to, like, starfishing. And to be fair, it did prevent a shot the one time. Because he, like, <sighs> starfished on top of the guy's stick. So, like, fair enough. But I was, in my head, I was just like, why is that your default, Chris? Why it's not, not just job. poke your stick and, like... It's not your job. Like, is that what you do on the farm? Do you just, like, starfish so you don't get trampled by the bulls? Like, I don't know how it works, but, you know. A bear's coming, starfish. <laughs> I mean, you are supposed to starfish when a bear comes, just like, but you have to stay on your feet. Oh my god. Anyway, so the Oilers are bad. The Devils are not as bad. They've had some bad last few games. Yeah, that's okay. They've still won 22 games. Yeah. But they could be I know. 27. Mm-hmm. And really be the top of the Metro, but... It's okay. For now, it's good. I'm okay with it. I think right now, too, with everybody like thinking about the bye week... It's so stupid how long the season is. Like, the season does not have to be this long. No, it is kind of dumb. And I really think it shouldn't. So the Devils... Wait, because the Oilers play... I mean, I didn't count from the beginning of the month yesterday because I didn't care. Yeah, I've got it open. Including yesterday, um, and not the games that they played earlier in the month, they only play eight times from yesterday until the end of January because there's the bye weekend, also the All-Star break. Wait, let me count. One, two, three, four. I don't know about the Devils, because I didn't count that either. It's ten. Like, that's nuts. Or, yeah. It's too many times in a month. Devils don't even have a bye week, I'm seeing. I think they already had theirs. Oh, it was at the start of the year. Yeah, they had their... Right. Oh, that's when they went on that... Yeah. Excursion thing. Yeah. Right. Which, yeah... That sucks for them, because they they need a break right now. They They have a lot of people hurting. That could probably help, yeah. Yeah. But, um... Yeah. Anyway, that that's the that's our hockey talk for the day. Mm-hmm. Except some other hockey talk, World Junior hockey talk. Yeah, I just want to talk about real quick. Canada won the gold medal, so that's fine. Whatever. I could rage on this for approximately two hours. I know you could, but we don't want to do that because we have to record our leader live commentary. I'm so excited. For that. <laughs> I'm excited. Um, so the the Swedes played Canada in the gold medal game. The Swedes played better than Canada in the gold medal game, and Carter Hart, the Canadian goalie, stood on his head. And Canada ended up winning, and that's great. Sure. Um, Swedish captain mm-hmm. threw his medal into the crowd, mm-hmm. and I think that's fucking awesome. Me too. What a boss move. It really is. Um, there was some good responses on Twitter to it. The people who were like, I really appreciate their humor. Someone was like, I can't wait till he's in the NHL and wins the Stanley Cup and throws Gary Bettman into the crowd. <laughs> just but like, the idea, yes! the idea of Gary Bettman being presented to a player <laughs> as a gift. <laughs> As a gift that's not going to be summarily launched over the glass is immediately. Troubling. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I think Gary Batman presents himself as a gift to the players. Um, that's true. He totally does. But there was a lot of backlash and a lot of people were like, oh, a good Canadian kid wouldn't have done that. And I was like, yeah, because we beat all the personality out of them. Out of them. Like, they don't have... I, w- I was impressed. I was like, you know what, kid? Good. I get it. This is like your biggest loss in your young career yeah. on a global stage and yeah. you have to stand out there and watch the Canadians celebrate 
It's it's like, terrible. It is. And I mean, like, they're not even fully formed yet, teenage boys. No, absolutely and, not. And, like, they're going to be emotional, and it's fine. It's totally fine. And it, for us to police them, like, the tweet that I sent was, so many mature adults having very emotional responses over a teenager's emotional response. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I would never ever police what I believe someone's emotional reaction should be. That's no. gross. Well, and like, I mean, and I guess sports related, like I had a lot of people tell me how to feel about specific things that have happened in sports over the last little oh, while. Oh, for sure. And I was just kind of like, I'd rather feel my own feelings, thanks. Yeah. And you can feel any way you want about the thing. I don't care. Yeah. Try not to, like, tell me what to do, please. Like, it was just, I just didn't like it. No. And especially for us, I think we're a bit more sensitive to it because we are around teenagers all the time. And that, well, I was saying on Twitter, I was like, I'm not an expert in adolescence or anything. But you, a little bit. Like, with a bit of heavy sarcasm that nobody picked up on. No. (laughs) But, yeah, like, it's not like I spend the majority of my work week with people in that age group or anything. I think we need to acknowledge the fact that... For all of these kids who are in the World Juniors, they are utterly exceptional. Yes. And they have been taught their whole lives that winning is the only thing. Yes. And they are there because they have worked for the past however old they are, Mm -hmm. 10, 15 years perhaps, to be there. Mm -hmm. And we've, we've conditioned them to think that they're winners and Mm -hmm. they're going to win all of the time. And then they don't, and that's got to be frustrating. Yeah, and, and for us to be like, oh, well, accept defeat with grace. No, fuck that. No. How can they possibly do that? No, and also, it like, the whole idea of, of accepting defeat with grace, like, I, I mean, I've seen guys cry after not winning the Stanley Cup, you know? Oh, for sure. Um, but my favorite athlete crying moment is Sad Patrick Kane. <laughs> <laughs> It's pretty great. It is pretty great. Uh, it's, like it's, and my favorite thing about it is when you Google Sad Patrick Kane, that's the image that pops up. It's is got, there more than one image? I'm no, it's just that one Google. over no. and over and over. But it's really great. <laughs> <laughs> like oh, it, I, yeah, it is. I think it's just, it's phenomenal. Uh, and I got into a discussion about whether it was more satisfying to see Sad Patrick Kane or Sad Ryan Kessler. And I was like, well, I think because Patrick Kane is a garbage human being. It's See, always sad, Patrick Kane. Yeah. Always sad, Patrick But, like, watching these juniors, and, I mean, like, they made fun of Carter Hart last year. People made fun of him last year for crying at the end of the shootout because they lost. Yeah. And that was on him, ultimately, when you get to a shootout. Um, so, like, I don't think that anyone's going to win by throwing a medal into the into the stands. But I like that that was his reaction, and then when they asked him about it afterwards, just, like, the fans wanted it more than I did. And I was like, good for you. Yeah. And I've heard, like, the, the team has the medal back and he'll get it eventually or whatever. Yeah. And when he's 25... I don't think he'll ever want it. Because... He'll, he'll, no, I, I, think, I, think, I think when he gets older, I think there will come a point where he'll appreciate it, but it's not going to be anytime soon. I just want him to realize that he has become infamous. Oh, yeah. And, like, what a boss way to become infamous. I know. Really didn't do anybody to do anything to hurt no. anybody. no. We just had, like, a legitimate moment of truth in sports broadcasting, which, which never happens. <laughs> oh, man. Like, never, never, ever, And ever. specifically for his, like, age group, who has lost 
over and over and over mm-hmm. but see, to different teams. Yeah, and, and so he's got all these silver medals from the under-17 yes. and the under-18, and, and now he's got this one from the under-20 or whatever. But, like, interestingly enough, last week, or this, I don't even know, it's Sunday, like, this whole holiday thing has been very confusing to me. But the Flames coach, Glenn Gullison, he, like, had a temper tantrum at practice the other day. Yeah. And started swearing and then threw a stick into the into the stands. And people are like, yeah, that's fucking awesome. And how is that any different from the kid? Like, you know, he lost his temper. And I'll had... tell you why. Because one happened to someone coaching a Canadian team and one happened to a kid who lost to the Canadians. There's your fucking difference. So if a Canadian, this is the question I, po- I posed on Twitter. If a, if a Canadian, the Canadians had lost. Yeah. And Carter Hart had tossed his medal into the stands. Oh, people would love it. I think people would love it. Why? Because they'd say, that's damn right. That's a good Canadian boy. Winning isn't good enough. Mm-hmm. Like, it has to finishing be... Finishing second isn't good enough. Yeah, it, it's, sorry, it's finishing second. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's gold or nothing. That's what I think the reaction I think would be. the very same thing. I 100% think that's yeah, what it would be. I think so, too. So, anyway. Um, that's our sportsy bits. Yeah. We have a little bit later, but we're not... It's just lists. It's more, like, adjacent. Yeah. Later or now? <laughs> well, but we're going to do that one at the end, right? So it's later, because we oh, have okay. some other ones to that's get true, through that's first. True, okay. that's true. So we just we just decided that we were going to do, like, a top five favorite things of 2017. guess what? 2017 fucking sucked. It was bad. <laughs> there was, it was real bad. Um, like, we could talk for hours about our least favorite things about 2017. I watched a lot of bad movies in 2017. Yeah, but bad movies are good. (sighs) Not the ones that I watched, unfortunately. Like The Snowman, Davis. Just leaving that there for him for whenever he listens. (laughs) (laughs) We love you, Davis. (laughs) Please keep making nice things for us. Um, (laughs) So we have some lists that we're going to do. We have... um, our top five books that we each read yes. in 2017. They're not necessarily published in 2017. But read in So just any shit. Yes. Not that anyone's going to fact check, but still. We have movies. Those are from 2017. They are. Uh, TV shows, and those are not necessarily. Not necessarily. They could be, but mine are not. Things you watched in 2017 yeah. that you And liked. then you have Hockey Boys. <laughs> Kay's Best Hockey Boys of 2017. <laughs> and I have my favorite non-hockey sports moments. And I'm going to let you watch those, and we're just going to let you think about who they might mostly be about. <laughs> Uh, and then I have another one that I didn't, didn't tell Kelsey about. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, let's start with books. Okay, you, books. You go first. Do you want to do it one at a time or all five? Uh, one at a time. Okay. Um, so, most of these are recency bias because I finally had some time to read over a bunch of Uh And I read The Alice Network by Kate Quinn. How I was that? Really, my my mom really got it for it. Christmas. I really liked it. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I really like books that have two timelines that converge at the end of the book yeah love that structure yeah and this one was very interesting all female protagonists nice. spies in world war one and world war two loved it cool yeah um i read prodigal summer by barbara king solver which i know we've talked about before we have, but god damn i Eddie Bondo. like that book oh, i fucking loved it <laughs> um i still really like it i would love to see it as like a three-part miniseries I think it would be a great miniseries. I think so too, because I, I think just because the, be. the way that it's told, I think if you just took yeah. each of those stories and told each of those stories, and, and then it and had beautifully. and had little and had little like things in in each storyline that like link to the other ones, and then once you see all three of them, you're like, oh, that's how they fit together. Yeah, perfect. That would make sense. Yeah, right. And then and then Eddie Bondo, Chris Pine. I'm thinking Eddie Bondo. Eddie Bondo. I don't see. I was thinking about that. I just don't think. I like, I could dig it. 
trying to think of alternatives. I think Chris Pine is too old to be Eddie Bondo. Maybe. But because also... Eddie Bondo, isn't he, like, 21? He's a little bit older than that. Because she's, like... Well, yeah, because she's, like, what, 40? She's in her 40s. Yeah, because she talks about the silver in her yeah, hair and in her braid. He's, he's young. He's, like, 25-ish. Yeah. Which, whatever. But I've also thought... What about? Because I reread it, and I've also thought, who would I cast as, like, the nephew? Because that's a fascinating little storyline, too. Um... True. With Lusa and her nephew. What about for Eddie Bondo, um, Clint Eastwood's son? No, I don't like him. No? No. Okay. No. Hmm. I'll have to think on it more. I know Apparently we're, we're just going to cast all these books. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bet you didn't think you were signing up for this today. Okay. My second one? Yeah. Uh, my second one is Basketball and Other Things by Shea Serrano, mm-hmm. who I super like. He's one of my favorite um, sports writers. He writes for The Ringer. And this book is essentially a book about basketball lists. And it's not like who's the best you know, defensive player of all time. It's more like what's the most disrespectful dunk of all time. Oh, nice. And uh, what's your Franken player? So do you take like Chris Paul's vision and, you know... Dr. J's whatever is so good and so funny uh, and my friend Malcolm got it for me for Christmas so it was excellent I really like that cool um, I my next one is Fools and Mortals by Bernard Cornwall and it's about um, William Shakespeare's brother being an actor in his theater company Ooh. it's it's, uh, it's really good I'll loan it to you it's, by who? Uh, Bernard Cornwall it's, I really really enjoyed it um, and it starts off it starts off really, really interestingly, and you don't know at first that he's an actor, mm. and it's like, he starts off like, he's like, I was dead, and I'm like, what the fuck? And then you realize that he's on stage playing a dead person. It's fascinating. That's a great first line yeah. of the book, yeah. I was dead. Yeah, it's good. It was really because good. the was. Yeah. The was is so crucial in that sentence. Yeah. It, it was good, and I really like Bernard Cornwell's stuff, so, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'll have to add that to my list. I just read A Wrinkle in Time. Had you never read it before? Or? I hadn't, no. And I really wanted to see it because I really liked the trailers. Mm-hmm. And the movie looks really interesting to me and had a lot of like people that I really admire in it. So I was like, oh, okay, I'll give this a shot. And I actually read it yesterday in about three hours because <laughs> it's very short. It is. I haven't read it since I was probably 10. Yeah. But when I found out that Chris Pine was going to be in the movie, I was like, well then, I guess we're going to have to watch this movie. Yeah. And then I'll read the book after, because I don't want to, like... Yeah. yeah. And I did, like, I read the book after, and then as soon as I finished last night, like, whatever, 10 p.m., I rewatched the trailer, and already I was like, oh, okay, I see what they've changed here. Yeah. Um, But I still think it was really interesting. I know there's a lot of books afterwards with that family. Um, I'm not sure if I'd read them. No? No. Interesting. But I really liked the book, and it was fun. Yeah, like, I, yeah, I haven't read it, I don't know. It was just very different. 25 years. It's very different from other young adult yeah. fiction. Because, it, like, I texted you, there's references to Macbeth in it. Yeah, but it's interesting because it, like, stands the test of time. Yeah. In in a way that... I was trying to figure out and, like, guess when this might have been written. Yeah. And I I was way off. I was, like, maybe 2000, but it was, like, 1973. Yeah. I was, like, what? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so it's, like, stood the test of time, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Um... I read a book called The Might Have Been by Joe Schuster. It's a baseball book. Um, it's fiction. And it's about this guy who uh, makes it. He gets called up to the Cincinnati Reds. Mm-hmm. He gets signed. And then he, like, blows out his knee in his first game. Ooh, boy. Um, and it's, like, that classic sort of, like, leaving the small town to go play baseball. And, like, all. it's so good. 
Oh it was really. Goodness. I read it this summer while we were on our travels. Um, it was really good. Really, really, really. When good. you were on your travels, did you read in the car? Yes. And you didn't get motion sick. No. Really. I have no. That's never been a problem for me. Oh, I can't do that. When I used to, when I was a kid, and we used to like go see my grandma and stuff, like down um, on the farm. She lights about nine and a half, ten hours, and I would read constantly. See, I used to be able to as a kid. I'd lay down in the back seat and read whatever. Yeah. I can't do that no, anymore. No, it doesn't bother me. Um, oh, I read geez. my favorite book of all time on one of those trips to the farm. And it took me, like, from the time we left home until about 15 minutes before we got there. What was it? Trinity by Leon Uris. Oh, I've never read that either. It's really good. Hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, I should read it again. It's been a while. So because it was a new book to me, I put To Kill a Mockingbird. Because mm-hmm. it was a delightful experience. Not even just reading it, but it was really fun to read it and then do it for this podcast. Mm-hmm. And I ended up teaching it with my grade 10s this year. And I remember there's certain moments where I was talking and I was like, try not to choke up. <laughs> I do that all the time when I teach it. When I get to the end mm-hmm. and I'm reading the passage when Scout's standing on Boo Radley's porch. Yes. And what and it I can like I can do it now because I haven't been talking about the book for weeks. But when she's like um, Autumn and Boo's children needed him, yes, that like me. catches I, every time. And my kids are always like, she has emotions. I'm like, oh god, I cried everything. Leave me alone. Because um, <laughs> yeah, like oh that part is so good. It is so good, and I love that person. Not personification. Sorry, that um, what am I trying to say? The idea that. Boo and all of the children have a connection that they belong together, and that's how Boo sees it. Yes, which is so yes. such a change for her to make. Yes, to it even is. think about anyone else's emotions. I know, <laughs> well, and because she's such a she's a selfish child, right? And Absolutely, I mean, she, and, and it's not her fault because she's like what eight. Oh, she's very young. Even when all of that garbage happens, like she's yeah. eight years old, and so like an eight year old, and I mean, we deal with adolescents in there super selfish but mm-hmm. eight-year-olds are also incredibly selfish mm-hmm. um no it was uh it's a good book I, I wish sometimes it's one of those that i wish i could go back and read again for the first time for the first time and experience it for the first time i know it's very like even reading it the second time with my kids i think there's flaws to it like the first third is incredibly dry yeah and if you don't know what's coming, not interesting. Yeah. Because you think that... <sighs> okay, whatever. We've talked about it on the podcast. Um, no, it's fair. No, it's okay. Say your thing. Well, the, it gives you the, the hint right at the start of the book about, like, there's something coming that's changing Gem and Scout's lives. Right. But the first 12 chapters... Don't give you any hints no. about what that is. No, but that like narrative device at the very beginning when she's like, yes. when he was thirteen, my brother Jem got his arm broke. Yes, and uh, I talked to my kids. The last time I taught it, we talked about that phrase once we'd finished reading the book for maybe forty-five minutes, and we talked about all of the things that that implies. Yeah, that like your narrator is older, and that Jem's arm broke, but it wasn't his fault. He didn't like fall off. Yeah, fall down the stairs or fall off his bike. That there was like this. You know, and it gives it's trauma. you these yeah. little tiny seeds through. But you're right; the first like part of the book is nothing. It doesn't help you get there. No. And that's what I tried to like really push my kids is like, you gotta keep that in the back of your mind. If you're thinking the stuff is uninteresting, it kind of is, but it's setting you up for 
what this means to them and you just got to get through it yeah so i wish that there might be a little bit of changes but it's a beautiful book yeah love it um i read a book called the river why by david james duncan i've also read a book by him called the brothers k which is another baseball book um but the river why is about a family of like fly fisher oh yeah i remember you talking about this so good Mm. it's just it's just magic like it's just so 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 good um and like it reminds me there's this little bit um that reminds me a lot of a river runs through it Mm. how at the very very end where he talks about how and under the rocks some of the words were theirs um under the rocks some of the words were theirs yeah like it's oh it's so good have you never read it no i haven't even seen the movie either um (laughs) <laughs> that just like short circuited my brain holy shit i'm teaching um english 30-2 next semester oh that'll be good i think i might teach river run suit instead of shawshank mm. maybe i'll do both we'll see um but in the river wide this is the thing that um i loved the most um i'm gonna read a passage sorry if you don't like it i don't care um he says here they were not much like the usual sacred signs but fishing was hardly an orthodox faith unlooked for unasked for i had to follow the signs that i was given as rivers follow valleys as spring follows winter as leaves turn and salmon spawn and geese fly south in october i couldn't trade the trail these images blazed for me for a straight and narrow way not when water's ways meandering and free-flowing had always been my love oh that's beautiful it was gorgeous i loved it like i read it in i like that unlooked for unasked for that's really nice i read it in like two afternoons in the summertime, like after summer school. Yeah. And it was just like, it was magic. I love it. Yeah. I have two for my last one. <laughs> That's okay. I have seven movies. It's all good. I also added seven movies. <laughs> as soon as you said you had honorable mentions, I was like, well, shit, I'm adding my two extra ones then. <laughs> um, so the, they were kind of, I couldn't figure out which of them I liked better. So they're kind of okay. tied. So one of them is The House Between Ties by Sarah Main. Mm-hmm. Because I love... Love a book about an old house with secrets. Mm-hmm. Love it, need it, live for it. That was a good book, too. It was. Very, like, of all the ones that I've read, because I always forget who it is. Kate Morton? Yes. Is the one I like who writes yeah. about the houses? This one was very different from that, because I had a very unexpected end. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, All the Light We Cannot See. Ah, so good. Which was really, really beautiful. I just reread that over Christmas. I feel like it's rarely do I take fiction and reread, like new fiction to me and reread. I think I reread like classics, mm-hmm. like Jane Austen, or not Jane Austen, Jane Eyre read like <laughs> Jane times. Austen. Who are you? No thanks. Um, but this is, I think, one that I want to add to that re. I kind list. of almost want to see it on on screen. Oh, for sure. But I think it would kind of. They'd have to cut a lot out. It would have to be a miniseries. Like, you couldn't... Yeah, you, you couldn't, couldn't do, do a two-hour movie or whatever. No. Oh, my God, it was so good. And there was one... And it was interesting you said, like, when you, like, those plot lines that, like, you know, diverge, diverge. and then come yeah. back together. And this one, I, I was talking to a friend of mine who wrote um, a couple years ago, him and his now wife, they were living in France, and he wrote a novel. And he told had it told from, like, three different perspectives. Yeah. And it reminded me very much of all the light we cannot see and like sort of the some of the cyclical nature because I always feel like they're two um they're two timelines I always feel are kind of spiraling forward 
so like she goes forward and then something happens and she kind of regresses and then she keeps yeah, and yeah, he does yeah, as yeah. well but then their two spirals like come really close to each other and they almost touch and then they like converge elsewhere oh, fuck, yeah it's so good i love those and i mean it took the guy 10 years to write yeah so and i understand why oh yeah absolutely i mean i wrote a thing that like worked out to be about 1400 words <laughs> it took like three and a half months so like i 100 percent get it I know. Because there would be days I would sit down to write something, and I'd write, like, a sentence and then delete it. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm out. I can't. <laughs> and by delete it, I mean actually cross it out by hand, because I wrote that all by hand before I typed it out. And I'd write it, and I'm like, nope, I don't like this. <laughs> so I get it. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, beautiful. The last one for me is called The Best Kind of People by Zoe Whittle. Um, I love that name. Zoe Whittle? Yeah, W-H-I-T-A-L. Zoe Whittle? Do you remember from Jumanji? Yes. Um, it was really good. It was about, uh, a family kind of in crisis because of, um, the father being accused of having, like, a, he was a teacher and being accused of, like, an improper relationship oh, with boy. a student. See, I find, I can't read that. Oh, it was, the, this, the story wasn't about him. Okay. It was, I mean, like, that was, like, like the, that's the background That's context the background too? context, okay. but he was very much not, he he ended up, like, in jail and, like, you know, yeah. awaiting trial and all this kind of stuff. But the, it was about the family and the daughter and his wife and sort of picking up their lives and like their their son who's like gone and live living in New York City now and he has to come back home to because like, he's a lawyer so he's coming back home to like defend his father and it's just it's about the family it's not yeah. about the event oh so good it was really really good excellent and the title what like I don't want to I don't want to get into it and spoil it but the title's fucking great for it like once you get to it once you get to it yeah the title's great. I wanted to add in, what are those books that you lent me about the lawyer? Oh, the Mississippi Trilogy or whatever? whatever yeah. That is. Those are good books. But I feel like you need them, you kind of need them all together. Mm-hmm. But that was, what is his freaking name? Greg Isles. Greg Isles, yeah. Those were really good books yeah. too. Um, and I also read, for nonfiction, mm-hmm. I don't read a ton of nonfiction outside of work contexts anymore, unless there's something in it. Um, but I read Hillbilly Elegy mm. by, I can't remember the guy's name. It's a great title. I think it's J.D. Vance is his name. Um, and it's about, it's essentially about the decline of like... I have no idea how to spell Elegy. E-L-E-G-Y? Yeah. Um, okay. it's yeah. It's about the decline of like that coal mining culture october sky situation kind of yeah it's really good really 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 good and reading it kind of gave me an insight into um maybe people who thought that donald trump was a good solution to their problems it's that it's 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 very interesting piece sort of a prescient yeah um and then at school i use a a, an excerpt from a book called is it the golden spruce i can't fucking remember what it's called by John, um, John Vallant about uh, an eco terrorist who like cut down the golden spruce on Haida Gwaii in like nineteen ninety seven or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating, and so I use an eco terrorist. Yeah. Um, what is an eco terrorist? Well, he wasn't like he was he he wasn't like a terror. He wasn't like bomb and stuff. But he went and cut down this like sacred golden spruce tree. Why? Um, because he's he, a dick. It, he believed it represented. Um, like the commercialization ultimately of and commodification of a culture. Um, was he a white man? Of course. 
Why is it his decision to uh, do that? Because it... Anyway, Ugh, I know. I'm sorry. Um, it was... And I use it in Social 10, talking a little bit about perspective, right? We use it in, like, the related issue one from Social 10. And I use a little excerpt from it. It's really, really good. What was that called again? I think it's called The Golden Spruce. I can't remember. I don't know. I have it at work. Okay. Well... I'll we'll, look it up. We'll confirm. I'll put it in our notes. We will confirm. Um, so, Reva and I were talking the other day, just to be on a book's note here. Yes. About how many books we read. And I was like, I don't even know. Like, I read probably 30 novels, like, last year mm-hmm. um, that I kept track of and paid attention to. I read a lot of fan fiction. You did. And you I've did. read a lot, like, so far this year, and it's the seventh, and I'm talking about, like, calendar year. Would you like to know how many words of Star Wars fan fiction I've read Please since January me. the 1st? Please tell me. I want you to take a guess before I tell you. How many words? Yeah. Well, the one fan fiction that I read this year, Megan, <laughs> you was approximately 30,000 words. <laughs> and I hold a grudge against you for that. How could you hold a grudge against me for that? Because you put it in my brain. How am I not supposed to read it? Do you want to talk about what it was about? God, no. <laughs> so, okay. So, <laughs> I won't make you. That's fine. It's not my fault she asked for it. Um <laughs> And I didn't read it either. It was a conversation that I was having with people about fan fiction in general, and they were sort of like, I, I bet you you can't find this. And I'm like, I bet you you can. And then I showed them. And I ended up reading it. <laughs> and, and then I screenshotted like the summary and sent it to Kelsey, and I was like, this is a thing that someone wrote. And she yeah. was like, I need the link. Because <laughs> <laughs> I had to investigate. Okay. It said 10 chapters. Yeah. And then you read the whole thing. I did read the whole thing. Because it was like, first of all, how much could be in a chapter? Uh-huh. How, what is this story? How is there a narrative arc Did you have feelings chapters? about it at the end? I was so angry at the end, oh. mostly. But then were I realized... Angry, were you angry at yourself for reading it? Or were you angry at what happened in the story? Because that's what I would really like to I know. was angry at myself. Okay. For even... Even. <laughs> just, just even. <laughs> but then I realized at the end, it was about two players, and I realized at the end, as I was reading it, I was picturing the wrong player as the second person. <laughs> Which, when you know who the two players are, okay. is really dumb. Even better? <laughs> okay. And uh, now I want to know. Let's just say it's also Russian, but they play on a different team. Oh, And they're enemies. <laughs> And I was just like, wait a minute, oh, that's, you're dumb. That's really funny. Uh, um, okay, so take a guess at how many how many words? Because like, words. if for those of you that do not know, on every every any like fan fiction whatever, mm-hmm. you get a word count. Yes, you do. I don't know why. I don't know either. Although, like for Maybe me, I'm very, I guess to give you an idea of its length. I'm very discerning. Like, if it something averages out to less than like. 1500 words in a chapter I won't read it and I'm like that's no I don't care really that's like that, that, that's like James Patterson-esque for me if it's oh cause it's that. much too short like chapters are too short yeah I don't yeah I don't like it when it's like a page is a chapter no. I'm just like well then this could be cut out or placed somewhere else yeah. cause it's clearly not important yeah so um, just take a, take a guess it's only the 7th and I haven't read anything yet today well if the one that I read was 30,000 words yeah I'd uh, say a million um go up from that oh <gasps> no yeah <laughs> Like, um, like no. it's over two million. I read really fast, to be fair. Yes. But, yeah. And you're keeping track of how many... Yeah, I'm, I'm curious, because Reva and I were having this conversation, because, like, and, and a friend of mine, I was talking to her last night, we were just talking about the same thing. Yeah. People were like, well, what are you reading right now? And lots of times I'm like, stuff. 
don't know. With a wink on it? Yeah, and so, like, but I was just sort of curious as to, like, how, you know, how long, how much that is. And in, for, like, point of context, To Kill a Mockingbird has somewhere around 94,000 words. That's it? Yeah, it's not a long book. Ugh. That makes me very sad about the fanfiction that I read. (laughs) I read one-third of To Kill a Mockingbird on that. But you read, you read like, part one of To Kill a Mockingbird. Ugh. <laughs> but anyway, so, no, it, so, it's, yeah, as of, like, late last night or whatever, yeah, I was, like, over. And it's funny, because, like, I read really fast. Yes, you do. And so you of, also told me once that you don't read all the words. I don't have to read all the words. I don't read the short <laughs> words. <laughs> I, like, definitely don't have to. I love how arrogant that is. I don't have to but read I don't, all the like, words. But I don't, like, I can, I can pick them out by shape. Like, I don't need to know that it's the word the. Right? Like... Uh, but I've also read like three novels since the year started as well. Yeah. Because I would what I would like to do is read 125 novels this year. Mm-hmm. That's my goal. That can be done. If I read less fan fiction last year and more books, I could have read it and had that done by like June. Well, especially because you have what 78 days off in the summer. Oh no, because you teach summer school. Teach summer school. I read a lot like this summer while we were gone. But yeah, I, anyway, so I'm keeping track. I made a little. Why like, 125? Ah, uh, because it's like a roughly a book every three days. I can do it. It's manageable. And then like spring break will roll around, and I'll read like it a book a day. Like six, yeah. Um, and then like you know summer will roll around, and I'll probably in August mm-hmm. once I'm done teaching read twenty five again. In second sem, there's so many breaks. I know. Oh, it's gonna be so great. And like exam breaks coming up. Yep. And our our exam break at school is super good, so because our kids are writing exams on Thursday and Friday, they're still in English. So they're, like, the written part of their finals. Are done. And then we still have another week, excuse me, a week of class afterwards. So if I work really hard, I'm not going to. But if I work really hard, <laughs> I could, in theory, have all of my written finals marked by the Monday. What do you do so with I'm your classes on that week? On the 15th. Well, like, because they still have multiple choice exams. and Oh, so I'm it's doing, the written. It's just the written part of the final. Oh, okay. I'm doing, with my 20s, we're going to do, like, a travel writing cool. thing. I've got a little project for them and stuff. But, yeah. I, if I worked really hard, I could have all their finals marked by, like, the Monday. Mm-hmm. And so then I don't... And then I'm only going to take in one assignment from each class in that last week. And mm-hmm. then I got just multiple choice exams to mark. It's easy peasy. So then I'll have time to, like... That's a good, like, two weeks, yeah. Yeah, do some work and stuff. Do you have supervision? Yes, but I don't know when yet. Okay. One of the supervisions that I have, because the new diploma exams that go for six, six hours, hours, is uh, scheduled from 4 until 7 p.m. Yeah. on one of the days. But the deal is I don't have to go to work till noon. Because oh. my work day is just, they're just going to shift my work day for oh. them. So I'm like, fucking A. So I'll get up at like 11, roll into work at noon, it'll be great. And also, it's pretty unlikely that it will extend to 7 anyway, so. So I was like, I'll take that bullet. Yeah. Okay. That's going to be good. Yeah. I have supervision on my birthday. Boo. Yeah. Oh, well. Let's, let's go into movies. <laughs> let's, yeah, let's do movies. Movies, TV shows. Yes. Um, what do you want to start with? Movies? Movies, okay. No, let's do TV shows Let's first. go TV shows. Yeah. Okay, you go first. Um, my favorite thing that I watched this year mm-hmm. is probably Outlander, season three, because it was really good. It was really good. Like, it was really, really well done. I was talking last night to a friend of mine and was saying, like, how good it was, and her mom really likes Outlander. And, like, whatever channel it's on in the States, Stars. Stars, yeah. Her parents go down to Arizona for the winter and they got stars for like the run of Outlander and then her mom canceled it. She's like, I don't need it anymore. 
It's so good. It is so good. Season three. And season three was great. And I was thinking about the credits and how the credits changed over the course of the season. Yeah. And I was like, that's so fucking clever. Like, it's just, it's, and like, as they went through the season, they got closer to like the Caribbean and yeah. there was less Scotland stuff and more. Because, as we know, spoilers, I guess, whatever, the books are old. Um, she doesn't go back. No. So the stones are irrelevant. So I feel like for season four, we might just get that little glimpse of the stones at the very beginning of the credits, just to remind us, and then it'll be that'll be the end. It's going to be all Carolinas now, baby. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be real good. Uh, mine also, Outlander season three. Surprise, what? surprise. What? So your number two? My number two, um, The Last Kingdom. Oh, yes, right. Season two. It was really good. I'm really, really impressed with what they've done with those as well. Because, like, the books are much shorter than Outlander. Mm -hmm. And so each season is eight episodes long in the TV show. And each book is covered by, like, roughly four episodes. And there's been a little bit of, like, storyline crossing and stuff, like, between, like, say, books three and four for narrative. But that's fine. But it doesn't matter. No. Um, And so I know, like, there's ten books, I think, in the series right now. So they could, in theory, do... Mm-hmm. Like five seasons if they keep with that structure. That'd be nice. And it would be awesome. Because the stuff is all written. It's not like Game of Thrones where they're like, I wonder what Ooh, might happen. Yeah. Whereas, like, this stuff is all written at this point. And so, yeah, it's been good and I really enjoy it. And the. I like. I like that time period. Yes. <laughs> like, like, in season one, when um, Uhtred, like, sliced um, the guy's Achilles tendons and he just, like, fell over. Oh, it was like a, it was like it was like their it was like their battle royale <laughs> that was he and Uhtred like fell and like I don't know bicycle kick behind him and just like <laughs> and then he just fell over and that was the end of that. Ugh, that makes me. Ugh. It was that was pretty. So they don't shy away from like that kind of stuff. Yeah. But also they've done a really nice job telling the story from the books, mm-hmm. and I don't love those books like I love Outlander, but I like them an awful lot, and so I'm impressed that they haven't fucked it up. Good. Yeah. Are the books, like, they're all written? Yeah, up until 10. I think he's writing more. I don't think they're oh, done yet. Oh, okay. So um, but. Gotcha. But he has a plan. Unlike <laughs> George R. R. Martin, I guess. But he has, like, an actual. Yeah. And part of it, too, is because he's blending, like, fiction with actual history. So there, right. there are time periods at which, like, King Alfred is a real person. and yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, my number two is Mozart in the Jungle. Mm-hmm. Need people to watch Mozart in the Jungle. That's on Amazon Prime, right? It's on Amazon Prime. I have it on my phone. I just haven't gotten around to... It's so fucking good. Okay. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. Season four is going to come out in February. Can't wait for that. Okay. Mozart in the Jungle. Um, my next one, I just started watching Bob's Burgers. Because mm-hmm. it's on Netflix now. So that's Tis. fun. Um, and for a while, I had some trouble um, with his voice because he's also Archer. He's also Archer. And Archer's great. Um, and there would be times where Bob would be saying something and I would just be waiting for Lana to be like, God damn it, Archer. Um, but I decided last night, the uh, episode, one of the episodes that I watched last night was when Louise lost her ears because that like mm. high school kid took them or whatever she is just like chaotic evil oh absolutely. and she's the greatest she's so wonderful um and I, w- I wasn't sure and i don't pay attention really i wasn't sure if it was christian Shaw doing her voice and i was like oh it has to be and then i looked up I'm like of course it is she's so funny 
I love how Kristen Shaw is actually the only female of the main cast. Yes. Like, everyone else, Tina's voiced by a man. Which is amazing. Linda's voiced by a man. But, like, <laughs> Tina's voice is amazing. Like You know what I read, too, is that in the pilot, Tina was a, like, it was another boy. Oh, okay. But they kept the voice the same. Okay. And then changed Tina's character to a girl. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. Yeah. Um, and I know that, uh, like, Megan Mullally plays... Um, Linda's sister when she shows up. Oh my god, she you're gonna hate her. <laughs> I do hate. Well, the the one where they had like the art walk or whatever. Oh, we already watched. Oh, it was just like so funny. Gail. Oh, there, it, that show is so funny. It's so good. Tina's my favorite. I think I kind of like Jean an awful lot. <laughs> Jean's. There's a really funny episode. I think it's in season five, where Jean shaves off part of I think it's Bob's hair and puts it on his face to have Bob's mustache and they become the same person (laughs) and it's probably the funniest fucking thing I've ever watched in my entire life I'm excited yeah it's so good cool so good um my number four is or my number three sorry is Master of None okay I think it was season three that came out this year yeah Aziz was in one of the episodes of Bob's Burgers that I yeah. Which He's, I, was first it I was like, At first I was like, "Is that?" I'm like, can't. I'm like, "Oh, it totally is." Yeah, yeah. And it's funny because oh, I forget the freaking name of the kid. He's like, he's like the Nelson. Yeah. You know, he's got the mullet and the vest. Oh, yeah. Fuck, what's his name? I can't remember. But I always think that it's Danny McBride. But it's not. <laughs> Every time I'm like, God, that's got to be Danny McBride. Nope. Yeah, the voices on that, it's always fun to, like, yeah. listen. Uh, so, yeah, Master of None is mine. I think the latest season was so well done. The first episode, black and white. Yeah. What an artistic choice to make. And I think Aziz, while saying some problematic things as of late has an excellent artistic voice and I really appreciated the last season. Um, I just watched The Crown, both seasons one and two. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how much of it is like actually based in fact. A lot of it is. But like Prince Philip is a fucking dick. Oh, he's which I feel the like worst. I, I feel like I knew that anyway. And now I, I think, unfortunately for Matt Smith, I think I hate Matt Smith more than I did before because he <laughs> played Prince Philip so well. He plays him so oh, well. He crushes it. Bastard. He fucking crushes it. Did you it. read? Oh yeah, because I sent it to you that Helena Bottom Carter is going to be Princess yes. Margaret, and that's like in the in the age of like the destruction of her marriage to Tony Snow. Like what? Love it. It's gonna be so good. It's gonna be fun. And with um, Olivia Coleman as the queen, it's gonna be good. It's gonna um, be so good. Although I'm so sad. To leave behind the current cast. Because yes. they just fucking But I like this it. idea that they're recasting everybody. Me too. As the age people. Yeah. Um, and like, and I'm super glad they didn't do that with Owen. Because, <laughs> like, oh, that's... hundred percent. That, you need that. Yeah. Oh, you need that. Because, <laughs> like, that scene in Turtle Soup at the end. <sighs> or, like, the scene at the season finale. What was in the Turtle Soup? I don't know. That made her drunk, though. I don't know. I can't remember. Oh, Sherry. it was Sherry. I think it was Sherry, was yeah. Sherry. But wouldn't the Sherry cook? Uh, we're not asking questions. It doesn't matter. It gave it us great things, so <laughs> it, it doesn't does matter. matter. But, like, can you imagine if it was, like, you know, it wouldn't have had quite the same. Because when, when I've read the books, and I don't know how you feel about this, but when I've read the books, like, I know intuitively that they're older because time has passed, but they're not older. 
100%. in my head. So, like, yeah. I feel like it's fine. Yeah. But for the crown, I think it matters because they're real people, you know, and there's pictures and you can see them age and, and yeah. whatever. But what I'm super impressed with is Claire Foy's voice. Yes. Because I watched the Queen's Christmas Day address this year for the first time in, like, probably 15 years. And I was just super, super intrigued mm-hmm. by how much Claire Foy sounds like that. Yeah. It's fascinating. Because her real voice is not that. No, not at all. It's deeper, it's huskier, it's yeah. less pinched. Yeah. And oh, it's so. more kind of middle class. Yeah. A little bit looser on the vowels. Yeah. Yeah. But in the way that she says thank you, I think is probably the one that, that I notice every time. Like, yeah. Oh my god, that's so good. Um. So yeah, I watched that and I enjoyed it a lot. I, that was also my on my list. There you go. Crown. Loved it. It was so funny because I I felt like last year, no one watched it except for me. And I was just like, oh my god, why is nobody watching the friggin' crown? You know why? Because I was watching fucking The Office That's 900 true. times. But you started it. Um, other people that I know started to watch it. My sister started watching it, who is like so not into period pieces like at all. Yeah. And she just keeps texting me like... Oh my god. Oh my god. Fuck you, Mike. Go to hell, Mike. <laughs> she just hated him so much. And I was just like, yes! Yes! That's funny. Made me happy. And people like what I like. Um, my last... Mm-hmm. I have an honorable mention, too, but, like, my last. Because I didn't watch it when it first started with Stranger Things. Because mm-hmm. I watched all of one and two with my kids. We have the very last episode of season two to watch. Um, and, like... Spoilers, I don't care. I guess if this is spoilery for the for the last episode of season two, because I watched it. I didn't let my kids... I wasn't going to wait till we got to watch it in class. Because <laughs> fuck them. Because <laughs> I watched it like in a weekend. Um, I feel like the best character on that show was Hopper. Um, in so many ways. Like, what do you the, mean by best? The kids are phenomenal. The kids are. And like the story's not about Hopper. No. But I think if you want to look at like an arc and actual like character growth true i think hopper's the best character on the show true because i think for joyce she's intriguing and man when fucking kills it i know she and she crushes it but in terms of dynamic change yeah hopper has gone through i mean and and like 11 is great too but i think like hopper's great because he starts you know at the when you get to that reveal where that he's been looking after Mm -hmm. um 11 when you get to, like, the beginning, right? When you get those, like, two TV trays or whatever, and you realize that that's where... Yeah. That's where she's been for all this time. Um, and then he's trying to, like, teach her, you know, how to talk like a normal person. Yeah. And, like, how that 515 actually is 550. Like, and all those kind of, like, neat little things. And then when you, like, when he talks again with her in that last episode about his daughter, and he doesn't actually say that she's dead, but, like... You know. You, you know. And yeah. then... You know, at the end when, when, or not at the end, but, like, when Eleven comes back and he, like, and, um, everybody finds out that he's been hiding her and the kids are just like, what? Yeah. And, you know, he's like, let's talk. And then, you know, just, like, he just takes all of the abuse. Yeah. Because he knows he has to. And then he's, like, everybody's he's such dad. such a martyr. But he's, everybody's he's everybody's dad. No, Steve is everybody's dad. No, Steve's just a babysitter. <laughs> um, which he even admits to, which I think is really great. But, yeah, no, Hopper is such a martyr, but I really super enjoy what they've done with him. Because that character could have been so different by the way that, like, he was played in the first half yeah. of the first season. And I like that growth. 
Me too. That, and that he's, like, become her father. And made, admittedly, awful choices along the oh, way. Oh, terrible choices. <laughs> and he knows that. Um, and he's at least willing to admit it. But no, I've super, I've super loved it. Yeah. That's in my honorable mentions, actually, because there's something else I like better. Mm-hmm. And that is Peaky Blinders. What? Because season four, Netflix just, like, fucking dropped it like a bomb. Mm-hmm. Had no idea it was coming on, like, December 24th or some shit. And season four was buck wild. The way that it ended, I was texting back and forth with Reva, and I was like, you tell me when you get their girlfriend because, oh my God, <laughs> we have to talk about this. I don't know what this means for the future. They had people faking their deaths. They had people actually dying. I couldn't tell which was which. Oh, Adrian Brody was in it. Oh. And he... I I really don't. And he crushed it. He plays this Italian mobster from New York who's essentially put, like, a vendetta against the family. And so they all are the whole season essentially awaiting assassination. Oh, interesting. And he... He was so scary. He's got that face. He could be scary. Oh, he was so... Sinister. Oh, man, was he ever good. Tom Hardy was in it, too. His I know. character in it is very gross. And me and Reva talked about the grossness factor on this. Like, physically, he looks mm-hmm. gross. Was up How to 11. Is that possible? It, oh, it is, Megan. I'll Google a picture. No, it's, I'll watch it eventually. Okay. I don't want to be spoiled. And it was so good that I'm actually rewatching seasons one and two. As what? I said to you previously, solely for the romance arcs. <laughs> Um, Love yeah. that show. Everyone needs to watch that show. Killian Murphy, God, my Lord and Savior. So I, when you said that about the this, the romance scenes, I was reminded of when yes. you were watching season two of The Crown and you all cap sex and you're like Matthew Good sex scene. And then when I got there, I was like, oh yeah. Speaking of that, my sister, as I said, is watching it right now. Yeah. Forty five minutes ago. Yes, Matthew Good. <laughs> And um, then, yeah. this is one sexually charged photo session. Uh, yeah. <laughs> We're getting a lot of Matthew Good this year. That, um, but, it. like, that look for him is perfect. Oh, him in a period piece? Great. Yeah. So great. Yeah. He's such a fucking bastard, though. I know. I love, love it. it. <laughs> so good. <laughs> when, it, when uh, they, you know, he's talking about, like, the secret to their marriage, and he's like, yeah, absence. <laughs> and I'm just like, you are such <sighs> a dick. Yeah. Ah, oh, that's okay. Um, an honorable mention because I just started rewatching it because it's on Netflix. Is New Girl mm-hmm. season two? I was rewatching because I didn't watch all of the the episodes, but I was rewatching all of the points where like the just, romance arcs just before <laughs> Jess and Nick like got together. <laughs> Have you watched New Girl? Yeah. So you know, the I'm first... just not caught up with the end of last season. Oh, it's so good. I know. I know oh, it is. I just holy like holy shit! It was so good. It was I remember so watching it like on so my couch, shit. and I was just like. It was so good. Um, no, that scene in um, whatever, I think it might be the first time that they play True American, um, <laughs> is that episode that, that Jess and Nick kiss for the first time. Yeah. Um, and he, she's and like... isn't it in the hallway between their two rooms? Yeah, because she's just like, come on, Miller, kiss me, because like, they're supposed yeah. to go and, you know, whatever, because like, Brooklyn Decker's in that episode, she's like a guest star, and she has sex with Schmidt that time, Yeah. and Winston hooks up with that girl... Whatever her name is, the Asian girl, I can't remember her name. Doesn't matter. But like <laughs> Winston doesn't matter. <laughs> Winston, no, Winston's gotten so much better as the show's got on. He's great. But um the, so like there's all this stuff happening and they play True American and like Jess is dating Sam 
and I like oh, yeah. Sam. Sam's a great character, but they like they like shove Nick and Jess into wherever to kiss, mm-hmm. and then even Sam's getting in on it because it's like part of the game. And they're like, everyone, kiss, yeah, kiss, yeah. Kiss. And then finally, she's like, "Come on, Miller, oh, just I kiss don't me, like just Sam's. kiss me." And then he's like, "No, I'm not gonna kiss you." And she's like, "Come on, Miller, kiss me." And he's like, "Not like this." And I was just like. Oh. Yeah. And then, and yeah, it's later in that episode, because, like, there's, like, the dog scratching outside the apartment door for whatever reason, but, like, Nick's also wearing the trench coat that the lady across the hall had bought, <laughs> and, oh, he answers, yeah. and he answers the door, and she's like, is that my coat? And he's like, well, I delivered it by mistake. She's like, that's my coat. And he's like, well, it makes me, he's like, it makes me feel sexy, or whatever he says. Oh, it's so God. funny. So he takes the coat off and gives it back to her, and then they, like, go back into the room as well. Sam is sleeping in Jess's bed. And he, like, grabs Jess, and then he kisses her, and it's so good. And then he's like, I meant something like that, and just, like, walks away. And I remember I was in Ireland when that episode aired. And so Aaron and I had, like, we made a plan to, like, so we both downloaded it, and we watched, like, we would push play at the same time and watch it on FaceTime. Oh, I love Um, that. It was great. (laughs) And my stream was evidently a little tiny bit ahead of hers, because I was like, (gasps) before she (laughs) did. But I like so I've been watching some of that. So I'm like somewhere in like late season three now because I've just been skipping ahead for yeah. But God, that show's funny. I loved the love interest that I really liked was Ryan, the other teacher. Yes, loved him. Yeah, super sad because like yeah. Uh, but but you know what I'm gonna say. I know exactly what you're gonna say. Yeah. But I do like that. I like that they got them together near the beginning mm-hmm. and then broke them up yes me too i like that because they didn't have any shit together whatsoever especially nick oh i fucking love nick i know as you he's know like, that i would <laughs> the whole process of him writing his novel is amazing is so amazing because i'm like yeah mm-hmm, that's a hundred percent what happened would happen to me but i just yeah. love nick he's the best and the thing he's about him perfect. that i think is the greatest is that like the thing even though he's 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 Nick, right? Like, I don't know how else to. I don't know what else to say. Is that everything that he does for other people is just like with the purest of intentions. It's super is. You're right. Because he's he's not manipulative and he doesn't do anything for the wrong reasons. Like he's he tries to like genuinely make things better for all of the yeah. people around him. And Jake Johnson is wonderful. Yes. As an actor, like to to do exactly what you said, like the not like this, and have it be. Genuine? Good, yeah. Yeah. Because I, re- I haven't watched that in, what, five years? Yeah, Four years? Yeah. Five years? And I, as soon as you said that, I was like, I remember him saying it. I remember how he said it. Yeah. He's very good. Yeah. And my favorite good. Nick moment in the whole show, though, is when he, like, I think he's pushing on a pull door, and it won't open, and then he's like, I hate doors! <laughs> <laughs> because, like, he does, I love it. He's oh, the best. I love him so much. I hate doors. My last honorable mention is The Good Place. Okay. I really liked what they did with the first season with how they kept you guessing Mm -hmm. as to what was actually happening. And they took a lot of chances and risks. And it's just really fucking funny. And I don't have a lot of comedies on here. Like, Master of None is kind of a dramedy. Mozart in the Jungle, mostly comedy. But a lot of what I watch is drama, and that can be overwhelming. Yeah. This is a good place. It's a nice filler. That's the one with Kristen Bell, right? Yeah. That's probably you don't the one like I've never Kristen watched. Bell. No, I don't like her. 
Oh, she's utterly hateable. I know. It's great. I know, and I already don't like her, so I feel like <laughs> that doesn't help. <laughs> it's like Adam Scott. Um, <laughs> um, okay, movies? Movies. Okay, so we... I haven't actually seen Kelsey's list, and she hasn't actually seen my list, but I'm fairly confident that four, four of the, the five, five are, the same. are the same. And I feel like maybe honorable mentions might also be at least one that's the same. Yeah. Do you want to start with the ones that are the same? No, it doesn't matter. Just... Where, I just want to know what's on top of your list. Okay. These aren't, like, in order of okay. most liked to whatever, um, but my first one is Logan. Okay. Because I cried my fucking eyes out at the end. We went with, like, eight friends. And at the end, we were, like, standing outside the theater talking about it. And I couldn't stop crying. I was just, like, wiping tears away. And I was like, I got it. That movie was great. Did you see the black and white cut? I didn't. It's beautiful. I'm sure it is. Um, I think Logan might be my second favorite comic book movie. Mm -hmm. Behind the Dark Knight. For sure. It did, and if Logan had just, and we've mentioned this before, if it had just been, like, Logan fighting and Johnny Cash singing, okay. Still would have been the same. For two really? hours, I'd have been like, yep. If Logan had been a music video for a Johnny Cash song, I'd have been like, yep. <laughs> like, it did, it was just so yeah, good. It was super good. So yeah, that's on my list. Too. That's on your list, I think. Yeah. Okay. Do you want me to go with my next one? Yeah. Uh, Thor Ragnarok? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, also on my list. Okay. Like, I feel like that might be, like, my third favorite comic book movie. It's in my top five, anyway. I feel like I do need to see it again to appreciate, like, all the threads that mm-hmm. give you hints for what's to come in yes. Infinity War. Yeah. Um, there are some things that were problematic about it that I didn't necessarily... Not problematic, but things I didn't like. But, God, Taika Waititi's a fucking champion. Yeah, it was great. Hero. I loved it. I loved Hero. it. And it was, like, it was everything a comic movie should be. Yes. Right? It, was like, it was fun. It was fun. I mean, there were still, like, high stakes and whatever. Yeah. But it was super fun. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was so great. And, and there like, was... Kate Blanchett. Oh, just walk all over me in your heels. Kate. Oh, my God, yes. Like, Wearing oh, Wearing that leather outfit. Fuck. Good yeah. Lord. Yeah. My third one? Yeah. Wonder Woman? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I rewatched it the other night and yep. was texting you during it because it's just fucking so good. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards, I was so hyped up. I ran into the office where my husband was watching um, basketball, <laughs> shouting, "Kid you not? <laughs> so, no. Kill all men! <laughs> Kill all men!" <laughs> and that's why Kelsey's moving. No, <laughs> oh, it that's was really so good. Um. So I read something online that they're like Patty Jenkins is like taking a new direction or mm-hmm. whatever with the second one, yeah. And which is fine because like they have to can't set it back then. They're gonna have to be a time jump of some kind because mm-hmm. we know that she's still around. Obviously, through like Justice League and whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and I retweeted the thing and I was like, "Where is Steve Trevor?" Not even a question mark. Like, I just want to know because like he signed like a however many picture deal, yeah. so he'll be back obviously. But I'm super curious. I want to know what that does because what I really want is for her to be like the savvy one and to show him how to like function in the world that he like doesn't understand mm. so because for, he's not for he, him to be the steve rogers kind of but he never will be the steve rogers because steve was like always set up steve rogers was set up to be the hero here we go but just here just for go. him just for him to like have to experience because i mean obviously at the end of at wonder at the end of wonder woman and she's like in her office and she's like typing on like essentially a fucking tablet so she's clearly like she's 
She's in the modern world yeah. fully, and he hasn't been. Because we assume he's dead. We assume he's dead, but he can't. He's not dead because he's not dead. I, I refuse to believe it. <laughs> so here is my question for you, and I'm not quite sure how to frame this yet. But these are the ideas floating around in my head. It's Sunday morning. Um, Steve Trevor calls himself above average. Uh huh. What is Steve Rogers? In the most recent trailer, or just in general? In general. Let's, before Infinity, Infinity War. Erase that from your brain. I watched that trailer not that long ago, just the trailer, and yeah. I was just like, oh my god, I want Can't a wait. movie of all of that. <laughs> just, like, the beard, that's all I want. But what's the superlative for Steve Trevor, or Steve Rogers? Why are they all named fucking Steve? Because it's such a normal, average, <sighs> it's an average white man name, that's why. It makes perfectly good sense. But he is sense. not... Average. That was Chris Pine. Like, that was that was Chris Pine is above average. It's not. So what is Chris Evans? That's the real question. That's no, what I'm saying. I don't know. That's a good question. If Steve Trevor is above average, what is Steve Rogers? Steve Rogers is enhanced. Yes. Okay. Well, because I think, well, like, what else could he be? Because like before, the, whatever, he was just mediocre. Average. Well, obviously, he probably still is. Let's be real here. Oh boy. Because uh, like, and I mean, there's no, there's absolutely no. Uh, Ooh, pure. Oh, very pure. But I don't. <sighs> Here's a question for you. Okay. I was talking about this last night. In Infinity War. Yes. Who's gonna die? I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be Tony. I think it's gonna be Tony. I think it's gonna be Cap. I, I think they're gonna. Because Cap's done after this movie. Is he? Yeah. So is Tony. So I know. So like they're, and I'm pretty sure that they're just like mentally done with it. So I think for all the people who had signed the deals and it's the end of their deals. Then it's the end of their sixth picture or whatever, yeah. They're killing them off for sure. Because they want to move forward with like. Yeah. The new, like Black Panther and the. Yeah. Yeah. The new ones. And the Spider-Man. Yeah. I think Tony's going to sacrifice himself. I think he's going to realize the error of his like. Megalomaniac ways. Yeah. I think so. I think they did a good job in Iron Man 3 of, like, dealing with some of that. Of him realizing that he can't do this all by himself. Yeah. And that at some point... But he's also... Yeah, I don't know. I just don't really emotionally care for Tony. I don't particularly care for him either, but I think he's gonna die. Hawkeye will be the one who doesn't die. Because nobody cares about Hawkeye. I care about Hawkeye. (laughs) Why? I cared more about Hawkeye before I knew he had a family, though. (laughs) Is that a fucking nowhere? God. Okay, number four. Yeah. Dunkirk. Yeah. Of course. That movie was fucking exceptional. Yeah. Chris still hasn't seen it. Chris is wrong. He also hasn't seen it. It's so good. I bought the Mm Blu-ray and I watched it on my TV downstairs. Like, picture is so crisp. It's so good. But holy shit. Seeing it in IMAX and, like, the scenes where they were, like, in the planes especially on that big screen. Holy fuck, it was good. And I remember, I'm sure we talked about this on the podcast, but I remember that, like, when plane lands in the water, mm. he's trying to scramble out. I remember even myself being like, <gasps> oh, I'm, like, thinking that, like, you know, when you see that the first time and it looks like he's just signaling that all's well, and then when you flip the... You're he's trying to like, fucking bang out of there. shit, what is happening? Oh, God, that movie was so good. And, like, I was reading some stuff about, um, you know, Oscar predictions or whatever and like as a film like as a technical piece of film it's 
pretty much flawless. Yeah. And if that mean what that means is it'll win all the technical Oscars, but not Best Picture it's because not win Best Picture. Mad Max Fury Road didn't win Best Picture, yeah. and it should have. Which, even though that's not a movie that I watched first for the first time in 2017, I've watched it multiple times. Yeah. It's so, so, so good. But I think, too, like, the acting in it is great, but there's not necessarily standout acting moments in Dunkirk. No. I don't think there has to be, though. To win Best Picture, I think there has to be. I don't think there does. I think there does. Based on, like, who's yeah, won it in the past. Yeah, but then, there, then you look at who hasn't won it in the past... Where Ugh, been... Crash, give me a break. Uh-huh. Over Brokeback? Yep. I, believe I can't wait till the Oscars happen and then we can just rip apart all of the choices. I haven't seen a lot of the nominated stuff and that makes me bummed. Because I well, do I... like to see at least the stuff nominated for Best Picture, but I just really haven't this year. I haven't either. I've been like... <laughs> fucking watching comic book movies instead of other shit. That's okay. Yeah. Like, I think, so, so we'll look at this list of, of four that we have. That yeah. are the same. Yeah. Um, our fifth one's not the same. No. But, like, Logan mm-hmm. is good enough as a film... True. ...that it could 100% be in the running for a Best Picture. Mm-hmm. Dunkirk is good enough as a film that it should absolutely be in that conversation. Yeah. I would say that, like, Thor probably would never be, but for, like... Because it's too genre. But for, like... Is it the Emmys that do, like, the... Or the Golden Globes that do, like, comedy and drama? Yeah. It absolutely should have been part of that conversation. Agreed. Because Get Out is not a comedy. No. Or a musical. No. It should be in drama. Um, Like, Thor was, like, a fucking 1980s music video. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like, I feel like those things should have been considered. Yeah. And I feel like we're getting to that point where, like, comic book movies will maybe someday get some of that recognition. Well, Dark Knight did. Yeah, because... That, but people... But see, this was the... And this was a conversation I had the other night with a friend. Is like... Those movies didn't feel like comic book movies. And that's one of the reasons why yes. they got the recognition. Mm-hmm. Which is, again, why Logan... Right. Doesn't feel like a comic book movie. Right. At all. But, like, I think the reason that the Batman trilogy got some of that recognition is because you have, you know, Hans Zimmer writing the score and you have, like, a... Really high quality... All of the pieces. High quality yeah. production. Yeah. But also there's none of that... There's no, like, supernatural or immortal stuff. Like, they're all human characters. And I think right. that, that when they get into that, like, awards mentality, that's why... We're, it's the same thing with, like, books. Because we were talking before we hit record about, like, books and, mm-hmm. you know, sort of, like, award-winning literature versus, like... And the average Casual, fan, you know. Right. Won't seek that out. Yeah. And, like, like, I know you love Harry Potter, and I'm, this is not me dragging Harry Potter, surprisingly. But, like... Those are not award-winning pieces of writing. Technicals, sure. And part it of it does stuff with effects and right. whatever. Yeah. And, and right. Whereas, like, they they don't they don't have that. But like, even looking at the books, like, they're not award-winning pieces of but writing. But it's funny because Lord of the Rings is the exception to that. It is. Yeah. But I think that's part of that's part of like the time. It is too, right? Um, but you look at something like like the Harry Potter books or the films. Mm-hmm. People love them, mm-hmm. but they're not necessarily like highbrow quote-unquote whatever they're not is, highbrow, no. right whereas something that is more highbrow and like this is again not slagging anything or whatever but like moonlight yeah as a film not beautiful and brilliant but not accessible no. right. and and you know like i have a friend who lives in whitehorse mm-hmm. and she wants to see all these films and she has to wait till she can download them because they, don't they get four and yeah. um wonder woman and star wars and you know they get the blockbusters yeah. but they don't get the kind of art house 
or indie stuff. I saw at the White Horse Theater Guardians 2. Yeah. Did Which, I say White House? No, you said White Horse. Okay, I was like, don't want to associate myself with I was going to say, is there something you're not telling me? When you went to, like, North Carolina or South Carolina or the hell you were, were you actually in Washington, D.C.? No, it was North Carolina. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, and what's your fifth one? The Disaster Artist. Oh, interesting. I haven't seen it. I just went on a whim because it looked interesting and I like the people in it. Although I super don't like James Franco in anything. Mm-hmm. He fucking crushes it in this movie. Interesting. And I haven't seen The Room. And I still love that movie. Interesting. Yeah. It was just really well done. That's fun. Yeah. Um, I would say that my number five is Logan Lucky. <sighs> I liked it a lot. I like that it was like a poor man's Ocean's Eleven. Like that's was, what I. Okay, wait a minute. That's the. There's a thread here that needs to be addressed. Well, we're gonna. I went. No, I went because of fucking Channing Tatum. Are you kidding me? Um, <laughs> that was like why. But I just really super enjoyed it because I really think. And I mean, we'll talk about the other in just a minute when we get to like my other list, and you'll laugh at me. Yeah. Um, I really <laughs> like Channing Tatum as an actor. I really don't. I think he's, like, fantastically funny. And I think if he's given... If he's got the right kind of material to work with, which for him, I think Logan Lucky was, like, perfect. Because he's dumb. But he's not dumb. He's he's not an idiot. He's not at all. I didn't like that That's movie. the persona that he plays. I fucking loved it. I thought it was great. I didn't like it. I think it was a 5 out of 10. Oh, no, it was better than that. No, I didn't like it. Um, and then my honorable mentions, I have two. Yours is Star Wars The Last Jedi? Uh, yeah. And? And King Arthur. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> King Arthur was bad, but I loved it. Yeah. And Star Wars, I thought, we, like, we've talked, it was great. It was wonderful. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's things about it, but whatever, but I loved it. It was an interesting piece of cinema. It was. My honorable mentions are Get Out and Beauty and the Beast. Oh, interesting. And I still cannot fucking believe that Beauty and the Beast was in 2017. I know. I read some kind of, like, year in review something of, like, all of the crazy shit that happened. And I was like, that was this year. I know. It's that was not 2010. What the hell? How is it not already 2023? Unbelievable. Um, yeah, I thought Logan Lucky was good. I don't like it, though. That doesn't surprise me, like, at all. Why? Um, because it, when I, I when I watched it, I was like, ah, oh, this is good. And I was like, oh, no. Because I was going to, I would have talked to you about it. But I was like, no, I don't think Kelsey would like this movie. Hmm. Just didn't work for me. I felt it was very long. Yeah, it was longer than it needed to be. It felt very... And Soderbergh, I just... I also like Soderbergh, so that's... I I generally do, but I just think his last few things haven't been... Like, they're very inflated, I feel, but that's me. Um, okay. Hockey boys. My hockey boys. (laughs) Kelsey's best hockey boys of 2017. You've heard this list already. It's so a great list. I agree great. wholeheartedly. And well, except for one. I think another one that you don't I, like. You know, but I feel like. like it's it just needs to be said. That's fair. Yeah. Um, have I followed anything in this season of his? No. Oh, that's not even <laughs> the one that I don't like. Oh. No. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Now I'm. I don't know which one you choose. Uh, number one is Taylor Hall. Obviously. What? Number two. I don't. Oh, it's number two. Isn't it Miles Wood? No. It's Yessie? Yeah. It's my young son, Yessie? <laughs> yeah. That you disagree with? Yeah, yeah. He's doing so well. Yeah. I'm so proud of him. Okay, that's fine. 
Jordan Eberle. <laughs> just because <laughs> he's free. Just because you're petty and spiteful. He's just like me. <laughs> free. And American hero Brian Boyle. Yeah. He's American, right? Yeah. I always say that. And I yeah, just he assumed. Is. He is American. <laughs> Where are you from, Brian Boyle? He's from Massachusetts. Hingham. From a big Irish Catholic family. Of course he is. There's like he's a, a big Irish Catholic boy. There's like 11 of them, I think. What? 11 children, yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. If those are my best hockey boys of 2017. <laughs> Which is probably my favorite segment we've ever done. <laughs> Um, so I don't have a hockey boy list because my list is basically the same as Kelsey's. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> There's really no point. Um, so I was just like, favorite non-hockey sports moments. And I um, had none of those. So I have five on this list. Should I just write the same name over five times? Four times. Four times? You could write the same first name five times. So we have Aaron Judge's um, home run derby appearance. That first round with those 23 dingers was kind of amazing. Um, his. I feel uh, uncomfortable writing twenty three dingers. I just want that. To... <laughs> <laughs> um, his uh home run in Seattle that almost went out of the park, which is like almost impossible to do in Seattle, was amazing. Um, his fiftieth home run of the year to pass Mark McGuire for the rookie record was pretty great. Uh, just the last one, the the fifty two, was good. Um, and my fifth non-hockey moment of the year was Aaron Rodgers' um, game-winning touchdown against Dallas in Week 5. Oh, Aaron Rodgers. Because that was pretty great. Um, oh, and an honorable mention to for the sports is the Packers missing the playoffs because it meant that they fired their defensive coordinator, and I've been waiting for that for like seven fucking years. Petty victory for me. Such a petty victory. It was totally worth it for them missing the playoffs. If it means no more Dom Capers... Call him plays for the defense. I'm in. You're um, gonna love how I did that. And I have which game was that in? Uh, week five against Dallas. Oh. And I guess another sports thing, which has nothing to do with the Packers or anything, or um, Aaron Judge, is the Bengals last week winning uh, and beating the Ravens, which put the Bills into the playoffs for the first time since 1999, and. As a result, Buffalo Bills fans donating their money to Andy Dalton's charitable foundation to thank him for beating the Ravens. Jesus fucking Christ, that's a... I think it's amazing. It's like the greatest thing. And as of in like the, the six days after that game or whatever, they'd raised an additional like 300 and some thousand dollars. What? Yeah, and a large majority Damn. of that money had come from Bills fans as like a thank you. And then the Bills donated, like, uh, they sent wings to the Bengals, like, buffalo wings to the Bengals to be like, thanks, guys. Thanks for doing your part. It's amazing. Oh, that's I nice. love it. I actually do have a best non-hockey sports moment. What? It is Cleveland 0-16 playoff parade. Yes! That's the best thing in the world. It was so funny because the first photo set I saw, I was like, wait a minute. These are pictures from the Cleveland... Freaking Cavaliers championship because it's not summer. <laughs> There's not leaves on trees right now. Yeah. But then I saw like the live stream and I was like, "You guys are fucking champions." I think that's great. You know what? Embrace the suck. Embrace it. Because what else are you gonna do? Just be sad. Uh, um, and I have a top five Chris list. 
this is a surprise. It is a surprise, but it won't be a surprise. I just really want to hear your reaction to it. Okay. Are you ready? Am I writing this as your? This is my top five Chris list, yes. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. Just... Are they in order of number one to five? Uh, yeah. Well, no, it doesn't really matter. because okay. No, they can't be because then the last one doesn't work. Okay. This is just my top five Chris's. Ready? Okay. Chris Pine. Chris Evans with the beard. As Cap. Okay. Okay, there's a lot of well, qualifiers in that trailer, here. right? Like, oh okay. my god. Anyway. Um, Chris Hemsworth. Chris Pratt. And Adam Driver. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, can we give you a hashtag always on brand award for this? Speaking of hashtag always on brand. Yes. Um, so I wrote on Twitter the other day that I have a bit of an Adam Driver problem. I know. I was. That's what it was all about. We don't have any questions. I don't think they're going to make you cry. So I was like, well, let's see what happens. Um, I have a bit of an Adam Driver problem. You I'm, do. I'm okay with it. Like, there's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> I want you to be at, like, some help group. Hi, my name is Megan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an Adam Driver-holic. Um, it, but it's really funny because, like, I super enjoyed the character development for Kylo Ren in The Last Jedi. Because mm-hmm. I think you actually, like, have character development in a villain, which doesn't happen all that often. No, they're usually foil. And so I kind of liked that. Yeah. And we were talking again about those, like, spiral narratives. And I think their two stories are very similar. Yeah, because they way. go close together for the destruction of Snoke, and yeah. then it's like, boom. They touched that one time. <laughs> it was like the actual, the actual, which is, which is interesting. Life to start on fire. Yeah, yes, where it should have. Um, but, but in terms think, of their arcs, they. But get close and I think that's and really separate. interesting, and then they're going to separate. But I don't think that's clearly not the end of that, right? Yes. And I think that will come back in in nine. Um, but I think he's just like a. I think he's a good actor. I don't know if he's a good enough actor for me to want to watch Girls because then I'd have to watch What's Her Face, and I don't think I could do it. I um, like him in other stuff. He's in this really funny movie with Danny Radcliffe called... It's had, like... The F Word or whatever. The F yes, Word. I what know. Yeah. He's great in that. Yeah. I love that movie. And that, like, four minutes of Inside Lewin Davis that he's in, which I had 100% forgotten about until, like, I came home yeah. yesterday and turned it on, and it was, like, just before that scene started. And he's just, like, unbelievably strange. It's so funny because he... Pl- I feel like he plays the same character in Logan Lucky in that moment. Maybe. Maybe. But it's just a whole movie like, of that. You know what's funny about him? But, like, his facial expressions when he's singing are just, like, like it was that scene is just absolutely mind-bogglingly great. I, I wouldn't buy Adam Driver as an intellectual. Like, playing a role. He's so smart. I just wouldn't buy it. No? Mm-mm. Oh, I think he plays so a lot smart. of dummies. I watched um, on Inside the Actor Studio or whatever with him and Michael Shannon mm. Ooh. on YouTube. Ooh. What the, did they start into? Nothing. They oh. were just doing a, you know, it was like oh, actors like on actors or whatever. Oh, okay. It was fascinating because Michael Shannon is like super smart. He love him. Um, and like best thing about Boardwalk Empire was giving us Michael Shannon. Um, yeah, no kidding. That was great. And like that, he he was woefully underused in Man of Steel. Oh, a hundred percent. But in uh, did you ever see Mud with Matthew McConaughey? I haven't. No. He is in it as the one kid's uncle. 
Mm-hmm. And he's phenomenal. Like, he's also he's in this new movie that I really So, see. so good. But yeah, so I watched the two of them, and it was like 22 or 23 minute thing on YouTube or whatever. And just the two of them talking, they're so fucking smart. Which is really interesting, because you don't normally get that kind of, like, introspection. Which is one of no. the... One time I watched um, a video with um, Norman Reedus, and... I can't remember the guy's name. The guy that used color me shocked. To, no, and the guy that used to be it was about his photography though, and the guy that used to be Elvis's like personal photographer. Oh, cool! And they were talking about the craft of photography and what it is they look for. It was fascinating stuff, and I love listening to people who are really good at something talk about that thing. Yeah, unless they're hockey players, because then I don't care because they're not. They don't have that. You know, Elocution, yeah. But oh, it was just so fascinating. But like look, listening to Adam Driver and Michael Shannon talk about acting and like the craft of it is really really interesting um and then i was i don't know if it was like on a late night or whatever and he was uh, adam driver was talking about how he hates halloween mm-hmm. and also hates hugs and i was like yes <laughs> i was like i like this and then there was like something from i don't know one of their press things Soulmate. where john boyega like hugged him and he was just like oh, you're not <laughs> it was really great anything with that cast together is fucking phenomenal like yeah. we watched the vanity fair fear box yeah Video. Oh, it's so good. I love, like, John Boyega and Gwendolyn Christie together yeah. are dynamite. Um, but yeah, so I have a little bit of an Adam Driver problem. You do. But it's okay. Yeah. I'm alright with it. Who were you texting yesterday with that photo that you sent me? Was it Jess? No, that well, that was with, um, Riva texted that to me, but then, like, uh, the screenshot that I sent you? Yeah. That was Jess, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Hi, Jess. <laughs> Spilling all your tea. I apologize. <laughs> um, yeah, we were just having discussions about uh adam driver mm-hmm. and how like he's not in any way like conventionally attractive or like he's just not his body though i fucking know <laughs> okay I'm so that is our 2017 well aware the highlights of 2017 were the high quality art created or consumed in that time yeah and, and Adam Driver. Adam Driver. <laughs> You're an asshole. And some sporty things. And Adam Driver. And, of course, Taylor Hall. And, of course, Taylor of Hall. Course, Taylor. Yeah. Um, do we have, we have questions? Yeah, you're usually the questions oh my gosh, person. I'm trying um, to find a live stream for the Devil's Game, okay? <laughs> it's going to be a real mess because we're going to do like our it's leap commentary while mess. the Devil's are on. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> um, okay. Send questions. The first thing I look at when I look at our mentions says "fair lick them, Jesse." From like yesterday. I know. Oh Jesus. Um, sorry. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Um. Okay. Um. Oh, this. These are all from Mike. Hit me with it. Mike. I'm not all from Mike, but um. Uh, Andy Babbage first of all wants to know how does one make you cry? Uh, tell a really good Jimmy Ben joke. You really just have to catch or hit, me by or surprise. hit you with a surprise Adam Driver and a list of Christmas. You just really have to catch me by surprise. That's how you make me cry. It's which amazing. is really something that my husband does because he does love to surprise me. Yeah, like I'll be brushing my teeth and he'll slowly move his head into the bathroom and then I look up and he's fucking there. And I want to die. You just really have to surprise me. Um. Okay, Mike has some questions for us. He says, "Who is the best Beatle and why is it Paul?" And I don't know if I agree with that. So, um... I think it's hard to say because tragically two of them had their lives cut short, right? 
Yeah. And also, are you saying the what are you saying? The best beetle meaning the best person at being part of the band? Yeah. Then I would probably say Ringo. Yeah. <laughs> like, Not those drummers, they just <laughs> keep it all together. But Ringo yeah. didn't necessarily have like crisis of faith and he was just always in it. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, and he didn't have any like controversy about his personal life that we know about yeah. all that loudly or whatever. He's just Is this time for me to be like I don't I'm not really a big fan of the Beatles like at all? Like I think they have like three good songs and that's about it. That's kinda how I feel too. Okay. Sorry, Mike. Internet high five. Um, yeah, I have like people who like when we go to trivia and oftentimes it'll be like there'll be like a Beatles song in there and like everyone else on my team is like, Oh yeah, it's the Beatles and I'm like, okay, sure. I know. Someone was like, It's Penny Lane and I was like, I don't know what that is. Oh, I know what it is. But I just don't, I don't like their stuff so that much. Um he also asks us, have you seen three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri? I haven't yet. I haven't. And he says that we should. I've heard some problematic things about its treatment of racism. I've heard that it's bad, but I've also heard that it's good. But I love Francis McDormand. You know, and so. I, I love Sam Rockwell, although I'm told that he's a problematic character in it, which is I'm not disappointing. Um, a question from... Um, home not a hotel she says what's yes. more devastating the ball scene in Pride and Prejudice or the scene in the rain and I would say the whole fucking thing um, <laughs> is the scene in the rain uh, yes but the whole thing because it's all terrible you don't like it I, I'm assuming that she's talking about the Kira Knightley yes one, and yeah. it's definitely the scene in the rain probably although I do love the scene at the end with the sunrise that's beautiful yes but if we're talking about like that kind of like period stuff um, no I love that period stuff. But I watched the, this thing called, I think it was like North and South. Yeah. And had Richard Armitage. Yeah, it? it sure did. Fuck me, that was good. Um, yeah, I've, I was just going to say, if anything from that period, uh, anything not Jane Austen is more devastating than anything Jane Austen. It was funny, though, because I was like watching this North and South, and I was like, this could have been written by Jane Austen. Except though. for Persuasion. Have you read Persuasion? I don't think I have. And have you seen the BBC Persuasion? With um, no, I, in it? Uh, Rupert Penry Jones and I can't remember the girl. I'm name. sorry, what is yeah. his name? Rupert Penry Jones. The fact that I know that bothers I'm me. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Shut up. Um, I've That's only the most British. I know, name. I know, I know. I've only watched it one time. Uh, in 1995. Does that sound about right? No, I think it's newer than that. 2007. Yes. With Sally Hawkins in it. Yes. Rupert Penry Jones. Right. Okay. Who are you? He's great. He is fucking great. So I watched he it. He looks like a discount Michael Fassbender. I watched it in Vancouver with Riva and our friend Kelsey. Um, not this Kelsey, a different Kelsey. She's <gasps> no, a big, different Kelsey. she's a big Jane Austen fan. And we were there, uh, a friend of mine had gotten married. Um, and so I was there with like high school friends in Vancouver and then Kelsey was living in Vancouver. So, uh, Riva decided to come so we could go and. And see Kelsey and Riva stayed. We stayed at Kelsey's place, and one of the nights we mm-hmm. watched Persuasion. So the three of us like piled into Kelsey's bedroom because all she had in her living room was like a love seat. And so the three of us like piled onto her bed and we watched um, Persuasion, and it was so good. And it is so devastating. And it's like probably the closest in truth to Jane Austen's like real life. Ooh, it's devastating and it's so good. And it's also the shortest novel. Um, which is maybe why I like it the most, because I actually finished it. This is why you, Megan, will be a fan of Rupert Penry Jones. A quote from his Wikipedia page. 
Henry Do Jones. I need to put this cup of water down first? Yes. Okay. Henry Jones is known to be very critical of the British television and film industry. He stated that Doctor Who is a very good children's show. It's not. But has low production values and is a pantomime. <laughs> he also said the Harry Potter films are shit and admitted walking out of the first three films. <laughs> I love him. I love him more than I loved, than I've loved anyone in my, my whole what's life. What's Persuasion about? Um, it's about, uh, I can't remember the, the, the female character, I can't remember what her name is, but she, like, Anne. she encounters this Captain Wentworth, and they had, like, once been engaged, and then they broke it off. Mm. And she still, like, pines for him, and he, obviously, for her. It's so good. It's so, so, so good. Is it a happy ending? No. <gasps> well, it's as happy as Jane Austen's gonna get. Oh. Um, but it's as close to her life as, it's closer to her life than anything else she wrote. And Sally Hawkins, hey? Yeah, Sally Hawkins is good. Anyway, it's good. You should watch it. Okay. Um, heads up, everybody. That's the only Jane Austen recommendation you will ever get from me. I really liked um, the... God damn it. The Kate Winslet uh, Sense and Sensibility movie. Mm-hmm. The uh, Ang Lee one. Mm-hmm. Beautifully directed. Beautifully oh, he's, shot. He's wonderful. Um, and our last question from Mike. Yes. Um, you are the jam... Of a dunking on fools on hockey Twitter team. <laughs> there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of capital letters here. Yeah. Who is your starting lineup? So people on Twitter who dunk on fools probably Arch. It's got to yeah, be. Yeah, Henderson, Matt Barwick, I would say. Yeah. Um, Bag Milk has done 100%. a heel turn this year, and it's been great. Oh, Stace. Yeah. Oh fuck yeah. Fuck yeah, Stace. Mike Phil. And Mike Phil. And in net. Um, in that, I would say, maybe Floop, maybe. Yeah, maybe Floop. And then, like, on the bench, Fake Steinberg. There's lots of Flames fans here, because they do yeah. really great stuff. Yeah. Uh, Fake Steinberg. Tom's good. Tom's good. Tom's Jess. good with the stats. Yeah. Like, Tom's always able to find yeah. some evidence to support his argument, which as an English teacher, I really do appreciate. Yeah. Jess is good. Hit the post. Hit the post Clay. is good. Clay's good at stats, too. Mm-hmm. And he like Clay and I had a very interesting conversation about I masculinity. Did, yeah, I saw that. I saw that. Um, I think also I think I think Mike needs to be on that team. A hundred percent, Mike. You are the character man in the dressing room because you bring it with. Would he, would he be the coach? Could he be the coach of that team? Mm, I think he's the GM. The GM. Okay. I think he's putting the pieces into place. Yeah. Okay. Okay, that works. Obviously, we are the social media. Yes, one hundred percent. Queens. Um, and I think I think of all of this, so I think Stace needs to be the captain. A hundred percent. And by Stace, of course, I mean Mork Sphincter. Because she's <laughs> she's devastating. Yeah, like just like you'll savage. You will lose self esteem. Yes. <laughs> yes, a hundred percent. Um, honorable mention, maybe they'd be on, like, the, the farm team, and it, part of it is because they're both trying to, like, break into real media jobs, but Avery and Alex, we have a little, yeah. uh, we have a little group DM, the three of us, and the things that they say in there versus the things that they say out in the real world are very, very oh, different. Oh, I see. Dennis King, Dennis should also be on our team. Yeah, I can't see Dennis's stuff because I'm not friends with him. Um, you could be, if you just, if you followed him, he would follow you back. Um... Does he listen to the podcast? He knows about it. Yeah, he, he wants to be on it, and I keep just putting it off. Because <laughs> he lives in Newfoundland, and I feel like time zones are a big oh. problem. Um, he but, lives uh, in Newfoundland? Yeah. Um, he said something about the movie Logan um, the other day. 
where he was just like something about how good the movie Logan was, but the only way the ending could have been better is if his daughter had like escaped into Canada and become the GM of the others because then she wouldn't have made all those trades. And I'm just <laughs> like, Dennis, holy shit. Oh, God. Because it's, it's absurd. It's absurd, but so true. <laughs> a little girl yeah. would have done a better job. Who doesn't speak like fully fluent English no. would have done a better job. And has some serious rage issues. She does. She really, really, really does. And still a better job. And still a better job. Yes, a hundred percent. I also think, yeah. So there, there you go. There's some of our, there's some of our team. Um, I don't know who else there is. I'm just oh Matt Burns, I think mm-hmm. Matt, Matt Burns. He wrote a thing for the Oilers rig, like a guest post. It was pretty great. Um, mostly it's just, it's just people that like. We're right. Yeah. <laughs> I like Meg Sauce. I like her too. She's fabulous. She's very good. Um, but yeah, I think for the most part, I think it's just people who were right about the Oilers all along, and people were like, "Nah, you're too negative." And was, so this is our pro Taylor Hall bias coming through. No, no, not even just pro Taylor Hall. Well, eh. well, well, well. Oh, also, oh, there is a question. <laughs> Maybe this is the one that's supposed to make you cry from Mike. I knew there was another one, and it's just to me. Are you ready? Sure. Okay. I think I saw it, actually. So when Chris Russell was a Dallas star and would do his signature defense move, do you think it grossed Jamie Benno? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wholeheartedly, yes. Oh, God. <laughs> Mike... Uh, we gotta work this out so Mike gets uh, on this podcast. Mike. Um, okay. That's all we got. We just need to regularly do a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Maybe more than once every three weeks. Um, so we're not gonna record a new episode next week because, uh, somebody's moving. I know. So she's not gonna live up by the haunted hospital anymore. She's gonna live down by me. Yay! <laughs> and this 40 drive will turn into a five minute drive. Yeah, it's gonna be awesome. It will be. <laughs> and so I'm good. gonna have laundry in sweet. Um, <sighs> that's exciting. So is it a bigger place? No. No, smaller? It is smaller. It's like 250 square feet smaller. Okay. But we get laundry. Mm-hmm. All utilities other, obviously, than internet and cable are included. Oh, nice. Or we have to pay our power separately now. Okay. And the rent is approximately $350 cheaper. Are you kidding me? Mm-mm. Because I looked up where you, when you gave me that address, I looked up and I kind of know how much the rent is there. Yep. That's how much you pay at the other place? Yep. Plus power? And you have plus to pay for power, laundry? Plus parking. And you don't have to pay for parking at this new place? No. Holy it's shit. Included. Holy shit. So that's going to be what? A savings of like About 500, 500 bucks? a month. Yeah. That's amazing. And if like my husband and I have a ton of travel plans this year. Yeah. Because he's going to apparently Japan <laughs> at the end of January, which is why we're moving next weekend. <laughs> Uh, pray for K, you guys. Pray for K. We got this. It's all good. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so we'll we'll be recording more regularly. It might not have to be like a Sunday either. It could be like. It could be whenever. Yeah. Because it'll be exam week. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Um. Okay. So you can um find us mm-hmm. on um Twitter. You can find me at Meg fourteen, and you can find Kelsey at Garbage Fire Pod. You can find us uh, on the interwebs at garbagefirepodcast.com. Thanks, Tyler. Thank you, Tyler. Um, you can email us at garbagefirepodcast 
at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. I had to think about that for a second. Yeah. Uh, you can listen to us on Stitcher or iTunes or SoundCloud or Google Play. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do we still have stickers? We do still have some stickers. I put, them a, I put them away. I don't know if you noticed. There's less shit on this table than there <laughs> usually is because they're in a box. There's a shelf. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, you know, and like a shelf of things to go to school. And oh. yeah, see? Lovely. Um, we still have stickers. We still have some magnets. If anyone is interested, we have, I changed our like contact form or whatever on our website, so you can go to that and hit. I think it says stickers and magnets. Perfect. Put your like name and email and like put your address in the body of the message, and we'll send you some stuff. So anyone who sent us stuff, we can do that today. We'll fill those out fill today. Fill them out. Okay. And put them in the mail for you. Um, yeah, and the magnets are like a one of a kind design because mm-hmm. we're getting some new designs. Yes. Which will be kind of cool. And when we get the new design, I'm making a flag. Yeah. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be very good. Um, so thanks for listening. We, we love you. And sorry it's been a while. And we hope you had a wonderful holiday season. Yeah, and that 2018 is better than 2017. Yes. Unless you had a really great 2017, then I'm, I'm happy that you did. Yeah. If you did. I did not. I did not either. Um, so hopefully, yeah, 2018 will be better. Mm-hmm. At the very least, it can't be any fucking worse. Well... Could it be? 100%. Nuclear war could happen in the Yes. Um, but the Devils could also make the playoffs. Which would be a lot worse for other people, but a lot better for us. Oh, yeah. We're just petty. <laughs> we're just petty pieces of shit, and we don't care. Pretty bad. Um, yeah, so, uh, you know, get in touch with us or whatever. If there's things that you want us to talk about, we can try. Next week's going to be a super special episode. <laughs> it's going to be really great. <laughs> yeah. It's mostly going to be just dunking on Adam Scott for like an hour. He's barely in then it. Then it's even better. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's all we got. So that's thank you got. so much for listening. And we will see you in the dumpster. <laughs>